Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. You guys, it's episode 173 of Please Advise. Woo! So, okay. <laughs> Excited. Here's the deal. Yeah, you're in for a fucking episode. Because, <laughs> here, well, here's the deal. So, my friend Duncan Ferguson, he's been on the show before, was supposed to be a guest today. Normie. But I went to bed early last night because I wanted to be crisp and fresh for Please Advise. Um, but in doing so, I, I failed to that. communicate with... Well, yeah, no. Because, like... I was super fucking like, I was so exhausted. And so I think I went to bed at like 3 a.m. or something the night before we we did the first one back with Greg. Um, I literally vomited. Like you said, some, this was, it was like similar to when my friends like mentioned a Starbucks breakfast sandwich when I was hungover doing the Lifetime podcast once. <laughs> and I literally had to get up and throw up just thinking about a Starbucks breakfast, like breakfast sandwich, like that spinach feta one. Ugh. And like thinking about seeing them through the, like the, the glass, coagulated all, like, cheese. Oh, it's all like hard and shit. <laughs> and like, I don't know why they do those like. Oh, like, here's what our snacks look like. Because it's like, yeah, like, that looks fucking gross. Like, thanks, Starbucks. If you just, if they just didn't shut, like, tell us what they looked like, they probably would taste better. But we know what they look like all sad in that case. Like, <laughs> There have been times where I'm like, ooh, a cake pop, maybe. Cake pops are, like, just, th- those are always good. Yeah. The pink one is bomb. The pink one's my favorite. It's everyone's. I, you're insane if you don't like the pink one most. So um, in in my, um, you know, in, in my attempt to like not fuck up, I actually totally fucked up because I didn't tell Christina that I wanted to record a one-on-one podcast with her at noon. And I also didn't tell Duncan my address, which he took as a sign that we were actually not doing the podcast. And then he like spaced on it. So we just sat here for 15 minutes being like... Doug is probably just running late. Meanwhile, my phone was on silent, so I didn't see that he had texted me. Oh, my God, Malls, I'm so sorry. Like, when you didn't text me your address, I thought it was off. I personally, I've been awake since 5 a.m. Here's my question for you. Yeah. And, like, I'm sorry if this is... I'm not not coming... I'm I'm not trying to call you out. What? Like... Have you ever, like, you're, like, you send someone a message and then, like, you know that they looked at their phone, right? Well, sometimes my th- I have my reads on. And yeah. do you want to know why? It's my power move. Yeah. Because I don't like the stare. I hate these jokes on Twitter when people are, like, oh, when someone says, like, they just got your message three months later. I'm, like, well, no, like, sometimes I really do just get your message three months later. Like, I'm really not trying to be a dick. Right, right, right. And then I go and text. So I leave my reads on because I don't want anyone thinking like I'm a liar. 
But sometimes if I leave my phone open uh-huh. and someone texts and I have something to do with my phone right away where I'm like, oh, I need to use my phone to like make a phone call or something. You just like, instead of looking at the open text, you swipe to the phone and then you don't go back to look at the text because you're like, you get distracted. Like sometimes I get right. very easily distracted. Yeah. And it's also something I have to remember that like not everybody uses their phone like I do. Like, they certainly I, don't. You know what I like, mean? I'm like, pretty sure probably knowing I, the way that I know you like as well as I do, I'm pretty sure that you probably have a unique experience with your phone that <laughs> literally no one else on earth has. <laughs> like I really think you probably have a very special relationship with your phone. What are you implying? I just like – like your brain just works like really different from a lot of people I know. Like oh, yeah. I don't, I can't imagine that I know anyone else who uses their phone like you. What do you mean? I just don't. I like how does my, when like, I think about my friends and their phones. Like, well, I mean, like how do you? What do you mean? Like how my brain works? Because like you're like you're like you're you like follow systems and you have like a very like um strong like um you like to like you like to be very clear in your communication and you like you're like professional sometimes even in friendship situations (laughs) you know what I mean yeah like I like you're not like that I like Stacey Jones like one of the things I love about her is that she is so professional but she's also just like a bomb ass chick yeah usually like no offense to all my professional ladies out there but like a lot of times my friends who have serious jobs are like, I'm like, you know, they're not in the first eight people I call to hang out. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're not high on my call sheet. Stacey's really high on my call sheet. But she sends like a Google invite for like, like, I don't don't even use Google Calendar. (laughs) I Like I always just write back to her. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Like I literally have nothing. I don't have a use for this. But I, but she's professional and like that, she needs that in her life. Yeah. But like, you're not like that. You just like, you write, um, you just write emails like, like you write, like I thought you were mad at me before <laughs> because I'm like, oh, she's like being really like, like if we were in a work setting and you wrote an email like that, but like sometimes it'll be a friendship email. Oh, my work emails are even more like. They're probably so professional. It's like, <laughs> like I decided at one point I was like, there's something nice about like typos for me. Yeah. I never used to be like that. I used to, if you like look at most of my old writing, like it's pretty, like I, I wrote, wrote like a fucking college educated person. Yeah. Now I kind of just, I don't give a fuck. Like I, I'll fire off a tweet and I don't give a shit. <laughs> like sometimes it will like really kill me if there's a typo. But like, anyway, back to you and your phone. I just feel like, I mean, I know I've got like crazy ass browsers open all the time. I've got like I have um thirty five thousand unread emails. I have <laughs> over three hundred unread texts. Like because at some point I personally yeah I was on such overload that yeah. I just stopped caring. Like right to the point where like I don't check email. I don't check email. I think it's also not typical. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's like indicative of something else. Like well, here's the tea. I obviously am the same way. Yeah. Like, I totally have, like, we, the, one of the things we laugh about the most <laughs> is just, like, what the fuck, like, 
who are you? Like, I like we've been asking each other that question for like a decade now. Like, yeah, what the fuck is your deal? Like, you're so crazy. Like, what? Um, and so I've got a whopper for you in a minute. But um, no, I mean, I've been tested for autism twice. My mom told me um, and I don't have it. I've but never like, been tested for that anything. That was my thought for a long time, for sure, for me. Except like smart, intelligent. Like I took an intelligence test when I was like very, very young. Like yeah, five. Yeah, you're very smart. But like you, know, you. if you didn't, if you didn't have a like, I mean, I only had all that stuff because I had learning disabilities. Right. Like I had to go to like a special classroom. Like <laughs> right. I I was just one. I just feel like maybe somebody missed something. Like somehow I flew under the radar. Like I'm right. Like I'm functioning enough that I like pass as like a mediocre suitor when I'm actually like kind of brilliant and like, (laughs) Oh, so we got a God (laughs) complex over here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you guys stay tuned for Christina's cult. That will be exciting. Um, now I would, I'm excited for you that you're starting therapy next week. If you don't mind that I, oh, yeah, that no, I, I am starting to make that. Um, so I'm excited for you because maybe we can find a diagnosis for you in therapy for my God complex for your God complex. Well, that I, I love mean, this new character that I'm developing. Oh, uh, like Kanye new, West over here in this new season of please advise. Cause I'm just like, I don't want to talk to normal people. And also I'm brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like that. I like that. Um, I actually, I love it. Um, Well, the reason it took me so long to like find a therapist because it was important for me to go to a woman, someone who was a woman and a person of color. And so I I finally was able to find someone who was both things. And um, just so like I don't have to, it's like short communicating in shorthand. And like a lot of my anxiety comes around, some of my anxiety comes around my identity, both you know, how the world sees me as a Latina and as a queer person and also like how I show up in rooms professionally in spaces that aren't like I'm the only person of color often. Yeah. Um, so. And also they, it's like obviously a better understanding of the yeah. experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah. always is the underlying thing. I mean, I'm like, I'm like a white person fucking <laughs> explaining. I'm like, here, let me explain it to you, Christina. Yeah. Um, thanks, yeah I'm just going to quick explain her. Um, Anyway, um, so I'm sticking with my theme of this. I guess we're calling it a season um, by, uh, you know, getting going, going, um, going hard. I'm going hard right now. Um, So um, did I tell you that I got really into like watching Amazon liquidation palette videos? What? Okay. What is that? So like. If you buy something from Amazon, right, and you take it out of the factory ceiling and you return it, Amazon doesn't, like, they can't resell that because it's been, like, a lot of times it's, like, electronics that have been opened and, like, they can't sit there and, like, plug in every Samsung phone that gets returned, right? Right. So it just goes into um, basically, like, these warehouses where they also send a lot of stuff that's – like shelf overstock stuff. So if they, you know, ordered 5,000 J crew cream sweaters and they only sell a um, hundred of them, they'll go put them in that warehouse. Cause they're like duds. Right. So here's the thing. You can't buy directly from Amazon. Like they don't sell you these pallets of uh, used goods directly to a consumer. You okay. have to be like some sort of like, you have to be some verified by them in some sort of way. Like you're a broker or you work for a liquidation company or something like that. Okay. So 
you go to the liquidation website and you find these, um, you know, these, these pallets and you buy, sometimes the bids are as low as $65 for a retail value of over $2,000. And you can see how much like the total of all the items is worth. And you can also see the items, not necessarily in pictures, but you can also see the items because they have a manifest that comes with every single palette. So you can see what comes inside. And like, so this is like a better version of storage wars. Basically, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I got real. I'm like in love with this man. Um, he has a wife. He's in Indiana. <laughs> like we're never going to be together. And it fucking sucks. Um, his name is like Franchise Kicks, I think, on YouTube. Um, and he's like a metalhead. I think that most of you, if you look him up, you'll be surprised um, to see that that's my type. Um, but he does. I got really inspired watching him. He's a full time resale guy. And like this is his job. He has a resale shop. Like he has a little storefront where he sells all this like, you know, he's home goods apparently sell really well. Electronics, like baby stuff, like um, bottle warmers. Like he's that's like a, a great one for him. Like he loves getting a bottle warmer because those sell really easy. And he also has an Amazon um, account for the factory sealed items that he sometimes gets, which is a little fishy to think about someone getting something in a return pallet from Amazon and then selling it on Amazon. Right, right, right. Um, and then also eBay. So I got to thinking, you know what? Maybe there's something in this for me. Maybe this is an opportunity. Okay. I think where a lot of people see, you know, something kind of crazy, I saw an opportunity. I'm squinting right now, audience. I just know that. The only thing Christina knows about this is that I'm going to have a store. <laughs> so um, I started looking at the clothing, the clothing items. And yeah, I realized I didn't, read, I didn't read your Twitter and apparently you tweeted about it, but I missed it that day. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm, I'm tweeting updates. Um, you'll be able to find like I'll be I'm keeping everyone in the loop and I'm starting a YouTube channel for my <laughs> for my store because um, the return palette videos are just like they're fucking everything to watch. Um, so you have that ring light too, so it's perfect. I got my ring light. Well, I'm gonna take it to my store. I'm gonna do all of it in my store. Okay, let's go. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I was looking at some stuff, and I I saw a couple boxes. One had over five thousand dollars in retail. Um, usually the clothing, because clothing does, if it is certain stuff, it has a like a decent return. It's actually like in general, it's not the highest return ever, but has a decent return. And um. There was a lot of like really key designer pieces in there and also just like good materials. Okay. Like um, there was a Houston Heritage gown that retailed for over $500. It's a size 12. Like it's like a really like beautiful, just like it's a classic evening gown, right? That alone is ve like very like valuable. Right. So I wound up bidding on two of these palettes and I won both of them. <laughs> how, for how much? Um... I don't know if I want to disclose that. Okay, okay, okay. But okay. I will say that both were like, and I got a deal on the shipping because they were both from the same warehouse. Um, I will say that like, I need to profit minimum around 700 to break even. Okay. And I'm fine with that. I'm going to have other expenses though because I have a store. So yeah, where is this going to? Or what? You'll find out. I've got a plan, baby. So God. 
I'm going to take, like, I'm going to go through and I'm going to take a good deal of it right off the top, right to crossroads. I'm going to see, like, what I can clear there. Because that's where I'm planning on getting the most value from this. Okay. This is not, like, a huge money-making venture for me. This is, like, me playing store and seeing, like, how this... If I, if I take a gamble on this, how it works out for me. Okay. If it's emotionally satisfying, whatever. And it's great because if I decide it doesn't work out, I have the manifest, which details the exact retail price of every item on there. So, like, worst-case scenario, I get a $700 tax write-off, right? Right, right, right. Not a bad, not a bad system. So um, she's a smart cookie. Um, and I also have a business manager. So I was able to just like, I just threw that in her lap. And I said, listen, I'm starting a store. Um, like, can you pay this bill? And also like, this is, you know, you'll find out. So um, I'm going to take all that stuff to Crossroads, right? Okay. Now I've rented a small space in Glendale. Um, it's very small. I'm talking like, it's small. But no, that's like the, how the, all the chic shops in LA operate now. All these little boutiques it's not are like, chic. it's not, no, gonna no, be, no. it's not going to be chic. right, right, right. But I'm just saying that like a lot of little boutiques, like friend Mart totally. is one of my favorite stores in LA and it's behind an alley in Chinatown and it's really small. Yeah. So like other wilds, another good one. Otherwise actually pretty big now, but it started really small. Anyway, yes. I just want to prep everyone um, because you'll only be given the location if you set an appointment because it's how it's going to work. Oh, like the Olsen twins. What? Their store, you have to, it's a by appointment only to shop oh, at their store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like lots of, yeah, like any fancy ass like places. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, this, this is, that's basically just because I don't want to spend more than like really realistically 10 hours a week on this. Yeah. This is just another example of my extreme hobbyism. <laughs> so I've got um, a full range of clothing, high quality denim. I've got like, I've, I, I'm I'm gonna tease some stuff later, but I have I have stuff that lit, like that I would buy retail from, and that I have th- there's things coming in this that are things that I have bought myself, and also like spent a lot of money on, and like the the main the best part is that it's in I have such a range of sizes, like I literally have something for everyone, and I have tons of guys stuff and I also have tons of kids stuff and I even have some dog clothes so this is what I'm gonna do you make an appointment for 30 minutes at my store you can have up to four people with you five at a time you get 30 minutes in the store there's five dollar rack a ten dollar rack and a twenty dollar rack and if you buy like if you buy on a credit card I'll give you a better discount because that will like help me with my taxes better uh, can we record an episode of Please Advise while this is happening? Yeah, and it'll also be on my fucking YouTube channel. <laughs> I think I have YouTube.com slash Slender Mommy, but I'm not sure. Like, I think I have Slender Mommy. We should make sure you have that before we put this episode out. Well, whatever. Um, also, my Tumblr got hacked like five days ago, and I know that pe- there's people are posting porn on it. <laughs> and like, I even got in touch with Tumblr, and they were really like quick to get back to me. Um, but I just kind of decided not to change it. <laughs> what? I don't I think it's my new brand. Like I don't care. Like hack away, bitch. Like have fun with it. <laughs> Fucking bury everything I did in my 20s. Are you kidding me? I'm fine with someone having to dig through 17 pages of porn to like find something I did that was embarrassing. Do you think your old stuff is still on there? No, it is. Oh, yeah. Like my blog is still up. I oh. mean, it's not like 
I thought they completely like took it over. Oh, I have no idea what happened. Oh, okay. I have no, and you know what? Honestly, either way, I don't care. <laughs> okay. I don't care. Like, whatever. I have a store now, so that's amazing. Um, and what I'm really excited about is because, like, this isn't a money making venture for me, but I will make my money back. I am like positive on that. Um, the only thing that might be a like a curb on that is the basic setup of it, which is that like I'm paying for like um like a month of space. I have to get racks. Like, I don't know if I'll have a mirror or not. Um, I really want to stick to the 30-minute time limit thing. I think that that's smart. I don't want to have any more than five people in there because the setup, you know, isn't – it's something that uh, – it's something that is it, – it can't be – can't have too much attention. This is almost like Warholian or war, like, like Warhol-ish – if, yeah, like Warhol like, sold like brand new Speedo bathing suits out of a fucking... <laughs> like in the artistic <laughs> intentions of it. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I am Banksy. Like I will say <laughs> that. You may be God, girl, but I'm Banksy, okay, honey? What if I really was Banksy? That would be like fucking crazy. Dude, that would be crazy. What if like Banksy was just like some fucking depressed 34-year-old woman like, <laughs> who lived in Glendale? Like it was me the whole time. Like... Like all those years, like when I had bed bugs, like back when I was twenty five, like JK. your art would probably depreciate in value upon this career that you yeah. were a woman. Yeah, like I was in London, like fucking spray painting all over the place when like I was actually like when I was pretending I was crying at the Mac store because my laptop broke and also <laughs> I didn't have electricity. The like, original like balloon girl actually had like for days on it, uh-huh. and then, like <laughs> someone told you not to do. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm fucking Banksy. I'd be sick. Um. But yeah, so you, do you like my store? I actually really do. I think it's cool. I think I like that you're I doing agree. it. Yeah. I it l- reminds me a little bit, honestly, of like very much like your mom. Yeah, I know. I know. I like actually was like kind of tripping yesterday because I was like realizing that I was like employing some of her thoughts and like techniques. Um, Secondhand kind of. The only main difference. And I think like my mom's was all like really high end designer stuff for the most part. Like there was definitely like affordable pieces as well. But like that's where like a lot of overhead came into is like you got to populate a store like that. Right. So the cool thing with this is that I got 400 pieces of clothing to unload, I think. And I'm excited because like I'm thinking of like, you know, Martha. Yeah. My cleaning lady, like she's gonna love it. It would mean nothing more to me than for like Martha's daughter to like show up to like school and page denim and like a fucking cashmere sweater that she got her mom got her for twenty bucks. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. That's sick. So I'm excited. And like y'all are welcome to come to my store, man. I have a tweet up right now that says um, by appointment only. By appointment only for sure. Um, I'm thinking that I mean I definitely want to have it up. By the first week of September or December, rather. Okay. Um, because I think it'll be, it's a really good, like, op- I mean, I have a lot of like men's suits and stuff like that. And like, I think that a lot of people need stuff like that for Christmas. And like, it's normally very out of people's budget. And if you can get like a fucking three, there, I have a three piece suit in one of my things. I have like a Kenneth Cole suit. Like, I have like things that like, if your man's needs to go to court, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I've got it, I've got it all, girl. So, you know, Come buy your dad's tie from me. You know, you're going to buy one anyway, and I'll give you a sweet break. And you know who's so cute? Remember, you know, Martha? Yeah. Um, our listener, Martha, what's up? Um, she, she came to work at Festival last year. Um, 
she's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm so excited. I have so much baby clothes. Like I have shit from the children's place. I have a, like a really cute North Face jacket for a baby. Like it's so cute. I'm so excited for my store. I'm excited for your store too. I ordered, Maybe there's something for my nieces there. Girl, there's tons of, I have like, I have one thing that is so fucking cute that you use totally for your niece. Which one? The littlest one? I I think, yeah. Based on size, yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really know like how big babies are. Yeah. Um, well, the the other ones are like toddler. No, she's like, yeah, no, yeah. and she also looks like five. I know she looks so tall. She's like, so she tower. Well, her, I mean, her sister's also like an infant, so she like towers over her but- <laughs> with the fabulous hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, how much fun was apple picking, by the way? It was so much fun and it was really nice to hear how fun people had listening to it. I know. And I have so many fucking apples. If I I think we should do it yearly. Oh, yeah. No, I, t- I totally agree. And I we before we were talking, we were saying that we really liked going off campus. Uh- I think we should do more of that. Yeah, because that was really fun. And we love field trips. And also, like, it's really nice to like. We're actually like hanging out and having yeah. like QT during that. Like <laughs> we hang out when we do this. It's a catch up. But also like we're on mic the whole time. Yeah. And the nice thing about that apple picking day was that like, you know, initially we were going to like record in the car and like that would have involved like lav mics and like, yeah. at, at, you know, at one point like I like we didn't know like I and I like who was going to drive or like how it was going to work. And I was like, I'll drive. But like I'm I drive like a grandma like. I probably wouldn't ultimately feel safe with a lab mic on. So I think the way that we did it worked out. And yeah. I, and I want to also apologize because I think I'm really annoying. And like, I listened to the episode last night and I was like, I don't know how anyone does it. Like, I don't know. I'm insufferable. <laughs> and I like, I don't think you're insufferable. I mean, but. I appreciate that, but like, I pre, pre- I appreciate you, Christina. <laughs> but like, I was just like, God, she is an, a moron. Um, but I, I also was like having an out of body experience yeah, yeah, yeah. that day. It's very weird to listen to yourself too. Yeah, but I kind of have to a no, lot. No, I know. But like, so I'm kind, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to my tics and stuff like that. I do cringe though. When I realize I've like developed a pa- a new pattern, and I'm like, oh my god, I <laughs> like find a new like catchphrase. I would be curious as to what suggestions people would have for us for our like please advise field trips. Yeah, I would be too. So if you have suggestions, uh, tweet, we should do tweet something them. that like one of us hates. Not medi. I'm not going to medieval times. I'm not like living. I'm not living through that. But I would let you take me to Harry Potter World at Universal. I don't give a shit about Harry Potter. Should we both go? That's not my thing. Care? No, because then I don't know. I feel like I'm trying. I was, I was actually thinking about something I hate. I was like trying on dresses. Like, oh and that shit! Was the only thing that Montage I could think of. time. <laughs> what if into, that's like, our first woman? video episode? Like we get our. Bitch, no. we are getting our no. we're getting our YouTube channel up and running and we're putting a green yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna not for the maybe not for just this episode, but I really think I'm obviously like what's the deal? I'm like am I just like looking for any excuse to start a YouTube channel <laughs> that will like make me not feel pathetic for being like 34 and starting a YouTube channel? <laughs> Which is sexist of myself because And ageist. Yeah, I'll I'll be watching some forty two year old man who just like likes to paint and like lives somewhere and I I'm I I fall in love with these men I fall in love with them so I don't know why I would deny myself I could be I could meet my husband yeah um from my YouTube channel 
Um, but no, I'm really excited about my store ultimately. Um, and if I can figure out how to have a mini fridge there with Decate and seltzer, I will. And I apologize that you guys have to listen to me. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much everything I wanted to say for this week. So let's, <laughs> um, no, let's do, uh, do you want to take our call? Yeah, we should take our call. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Malls, Christina, and guests. Thank you for the lovely podcast. Uh, long story short, I recently got together with a friend of eight years, and we're now engaged and planning to get married in November. It's been a worldwide and quite beautiful, for sure. But the issue is the hate <laughs> that we're getting from our extended friend group. So essentially... My fiancé broke up with his ex-girlfriend about two years before we started dating. And now I'm in a situation where his ex-girlfriend's friends are, like, unfollowing me on Instagram, which is so stupid. But I guess these days it's a measure of something. So to sum up, I don't even know how to describe this entire complicated situation, but they're friends of his ex, but they're not like her best friends. It's kind of part of her extended circle friends, and they're my acquaintances. And what happened was that with the, the friend number one, we have a mutual friend. The friend of the mutual friend apparently conveyed this information to the friend who then unfollowed me. Um, and then that happened again, and then I met one of those folks in real life, and we used to be kind of like buddies and even hung out a few times, and I said hi to them, and they kind of iced me out or didn't even say hi, and I just found that to be extremely peculiar because we don't have a history. They don't have a history with my fiancé. It's just that ex there's somewhere in between that's not even that good of a friend of theirs. And it hurts my feelings that someone who is just kind of part of my extended circle is now being so cold when, in fact, we've never had an issue. And uh, their friend's breakup with my fiancé happened two, three years ago. I'm just curious about what you think if this kind of, quote-unquote, loyalty to someone is fair or unfair. Because if you don't really have an issue with someone, why why treat them in a mean way? And it doesn't really, you know, I don't lose sleep over this. It's a stupid Instagram thing. But I've, I've never really understood this herd high school mentality. So please advise. Thank you. Okay, so... You you said this one needed a recap, so we'll do do a little recap. Um, although I think there was a, I I did space out a little bit towards the end because yeah. I was thinking I was thinking about it so much, but I feel like it might have been some repetition, so I'm not really sure. But I just want to be like, you have too many friends. <laughs> I, I don't know adults with this many friends, um, and that's another thing we should definitely talk about. Yeah. But. Apparently, she fell in love in a beautiful love story with a very long, like a longtime friend of hers of eight years. Yeah. Um, and like, she's very excited. They're getting married. It's a beautiful thing. 
but they have a pretty big extended friend group as people that were friends, obviously. So he has an ex-girlfriend who's also um, has friends adjacent to theirs. And they don't want to hang out with this, our caller. Right. And they're just like disassociating themselves. Right. And they are siding with their friend. Right. And our caller wants to know if that's normal um, and why can't they be happy for her. And she's not losing sleep over it, but she feels very like upset Mm -hmm. and unsure if this is a betrayal on their part. Right. Okay. So can I shoot straight for one second? Go for it. I think our caller has a little bit of a problem with wanting uh, the best of all worlds. Mm -hmm. She, caller, you are in love and you're getting married, but no one likes like the situation that you're in. Not one person on the planet earth, except for the person. No, no, even you. You don't like the situation you're in it, either. It was interesting because she's like, I don't really care. And I'm like, you just left a four minute explanation. Well, of no, of course she cares. That's bullshit. <laughs> um, I mean, she can tell herself she doesn't care. But right. like we, we all know. Wags knows she cares. So I'm looking at Wags right now. Um, in the situation that you're in, it is basically impossible for an entire friend group that includes an ex, includes a couple, ex former couple. Right. To not be affected when two other when another person in the friend group then dates that person it's mm-hmm. impossible there's always going to be fallout especially with i think a lot of times girlfriends i think that you know i'm going to be honest with you i think it's a, a very tall order for you to expect people that you're kind of just like not even the closest with like your peripheral friends to choose you equally over over their friend like of course there's going to be a little bit of an upset. Yeah. Is it immature? Yeah. Yeah. There's aspects of it that are immature. Um, it's, you know, it's really only social media and, and life is like about how you treat people. I'm sure that if you walked into a room, they wouldn't throw eggs at you, but like you have to give this time. People will get used to it, but, but you, I mean, apparently you are in like blissful, you're in blissful love right now and it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, congratulations. You know, you're excited for that, but like, don't forget, like, you know, that, that can, when you fall into a situation, like the one you're in, that's like textbook one Oh one. Someone's getting, someone's getting hurt. Yeah. And like, if not, everybody's getting hurt Yeah, because he's probably feeling the strain from his friends. You're feeling like, you know, you should feel probably the least, but I also understand why you're a little, no one wants to be disliked. And this, but you did something that a lot of people would say is unlikable for some people. I think what's hard for me to understand about this situation, and and this may be because like I lead my life so compartmentalized, is that like why I'm wondering why they're even associating with anyone who like is in the world of her, of his exes. Um, because like, let's say that you're like, let's say you're like eight friends from college. Right. Right. And like, you know, um, some of you, you know, maybe like, maybe he dated a girl that wasn't in their immediate friend group, but that was like pretty close with some of them. Right. Well, like, let's say she's right. close with four of them. Well, like when any breakup happens, like sometimes that's tolerable cause it's just a breakup. But when let's say 
you know, it's like fucking Rachel and Joey getting together. It's like, it's like, that's a, that'll shake a group up. You right, know, right, there's right. a reason why Rachel and Joey kept that on the DL. Cause it was a little fucking weird. <laughs> and so, you know, while that said, you know, you're not a, you guys aren't criminals. You didn't really do anything wrong. It's just kind of a tall order to ask people to be clinical and emotionless about something that involves people that they love and people mm-hmm. that have been hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know the terms of their breakup, but it seems like if this is a betrayal to the ex in some way, to the extent that her friends aren't following you, cause that's for sure why they unfollowed you. Like, you know that. So that means that there was some sort of disharmony in their breakup. And like, if you don't know about that, then you should probably ask because yeah. Um, it's very important, like how people treat their exes and like yeah, the true. version of events that you're given because, well, there was like, I remember it was like, uh, someone was like, oh, oh, it was one of the calls that we get where they're like, oh, all his exes are crazy. And it's like, oh, um, that's a red flag because yeah. of XYZ. We'll get to that call later. That, later that, but. yeah. Oh, was that, have we not listened to that one? We haven't listened to it yet. I don't know if I'm going to use it in this episode. I know we got one. We got one that was like, like that. that in the past that I was just like. Oh, girl, in five years, you're going to be so embarrassed that you, like, talked like this. Like, you're going to be mortified that you called the podcast and say you don't hang out with other women and your boyfriend hates women, too. Like, (laughs) that's not going to play out well for the long run for you, honey. Um, So... What does she do to move forward or like what are her next steps? I honestly think that she focuses on all the good in her life. Yeah. Because um, five... I want to be the, like, sometimes I want to say to people, like, at least someone, at least you love someone and someone loved you back. Yeah. That's like, people don't get, a lot of people don't get to experience even that. I mean, I don't want to be too, like, harsh. I And I know that, like, sometimes I really can be, but I'm going to be, like, I don't, I feel like I'm being, like, very serious when I say this. Like... I feel like you need to figure out whatever it is that makes you want to create a controversy about something that's very um, normal and explainable and understandable Um, because you are in a great place in your life, it sounds like, and you're finding the one piece of chaos that's like not actually a very big piece of chaos. I don't know how old you are, but like at a certain part in your life, like your friend group thins out and there's a variety of reasons for that. Like you sometimes grow apart, like you have different interests, things like this happen where, you know, there's some sort of, you know, political allegiance to one person or the other or, you know, closer friends than not. Distance happens, jobs change, like you're going to like, you're going to lose friends throughout your life. Yeah. The friendships that you have are going to get stronger. So I would really just like, I would really, I would, I would talk to someone, especially before you get married, if you're not talking to a therapist or someone already. And like, that might be harsh to some people who are listening to this. Like, well, she just asked about Instagram unfollows, but like, it seems like there's like a, stillness isn't isn't working for her Mm. like she needs to like she can't be present in like (laughs) i would also say i would recommend therapy for like most of the calls that we get like 90 (laughs) percent of the no one should like be using us as therapy no but i think that this is an issue that a lot of people don't 
point doubt is an issue. Right. Because I think social media like follows, unfollows, like. It's like that Black Mirror episode. Right. Like I don't have one of those like, I, my nightmare has always been like having one of those bots that like tells you every time you're unfollowed. I think you told me you have one. <laughs> but um, that's been my nightmare because like I personally, like I don't like really like, I don't, I know that that will like needlessly hurt me. Because it's not personal when someone unfollows you. It's really, yeah. I mean, unless it's like this sort of situation, it's typically right, right, right. not personal. I genuinely, more often than not, don't care. It's more so that I make sure that I'm not following them back still. Okay. See, I don't really like. I don't know. Some, I, I did that once where I like. And it's I, not on all my social accounts. It's just Twitter for some reason. I just like looking at it and just knowing. I don't know. Yeah, no, I understand that. I know some people do, but and you obviously don't like lose sleep over it. No. Unlike you're not you're not calling a podcast to say but like this is I guess my my point is is that to me there's a very obvious parallel to the fact that you're in the best place of your life, yet you're creating Instagram drama. And is she creating it or is she just looking too closely at it? I think that I think in a way like she's choosing to create it by not seeing what is the very very common understandable reaction right like would this girl like it if like if she was the uh, was she was the girlfriend and like this happened uh, if the roles were reversed i'm sure she wouldn't like it yeah if she doesn't like people on following her on instagram i'm sure she wouldn't want a betrayal of that level in her life no no, no. so i kind of just to that i say like you should you should maybe, I don't know, like have respect for her friends for being a good friend to her. Like that's one way to look at it. Like, yeah. you know, show respect. Like if someone fucks you over or like, you know, hurts your fe- friend's feelings, like you should stand up for them. And like to the extent of which you do it is like debatable. I was like very staunch about that when I was younger. I felt like if someone hurt me, like my friends better like fucking block their number. But like, yeah. Now that I'm older, like I, you know, a lot of it's like business stuff. A lot of it's unavoidable. And also um, my drama is not necessarily their drama. And the older I get, like, unless it was like, unless it was like something very serious, like the person like assaulted me or something. Like, right, right, right. You know, that that never becomes less um, embarrassing with time. But I think a lot of the like, you know, girl, you got to yeah. just like I. No, just I, be happy for your your the love like that you have right now and don't focus on the hate. I think that's beautiful. Don't I mean, yeah. You got a lot going on. Go red get set up that wedding website. Go go shopping for dresses. You got a put, whole put wedding that, to plan, put, okay? Put that La Crusette in the in the registry. Yeah, get off of Instagram and get like get on just, Amazon. Get on Pinterest, girl. <laughs> like start just fucking manically pinning all day long. And just pin those Instagram feelings away. Um, so do we uh, do we take another call? Yeah. Or do we want to hear like another piece of news from my life? Okay, let's uh okay, what do you what's um, okay. sorry, what? so I haven't we haven't really like caught up since apple picking, but um <laughs> Which and you probably week. noticed I've looked different. So like the changes, like the like uh, it's undeniable. Um what are you talking about? Molly. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, so for the no, last like, three years, I've been different. And I finally had the opportunity to do something about it. And I'm really excited because, you know, like, it's so expensive. Like, all the hospital bills. It's been so fucking expensive. What hospital? Um, I went on Dr. Phil this week. 
What? I went on Dr. Phil. No. Yeah, I did. I went on Dr. Phil. No, you didn't. Yeah, and I finally How got help. You? Molly. I'm so excited. Um, Molly. Yeah. Molly. Do you want to just watch it? What are you yeah. talking about? I was on Dr. Phil. Let's just Molly. watch it. Stop. Just Listen, watch it. Just watch it. Just watch it. No, it's really it's it's it ultimately it's good news. I thought I honestly it was like it was it was probably one of the biggest problems in my life. And like a lot of it's been a private struggle like you've known, Ed's known, but what? it's it's been like a private struggle and I actually got help on Dr. What Phil. What are you talking? What have I known? Christina, watch the clip. I am 1,000% certain that I am pregnant. You say there are six babies. I am getting six heartbeats. And you're how far along? I'm three years, seven months. Medical miracle? The ultrasound shows an empty uterus. But I have more than one uterus. Or all in her head. There it is. Bam, bam. You examined. Molly. Correct? I did. Were there multiple uterus? All new Dr. Phil. Molly, that's... That's clearly not you. It is. Mo- Molly. Christina. I Listen, this I know. This woman is 40 years old. Yeah. She has green eyes. That's what, the, well, they like, they fabricate things on the show to like make it more interesting for the audience. Mo- like Molly. they were like, I thought it was only five babies. Like for a minute, I was like, first I was like four for sure. Four for sure. Because I had the heartbeat monitor at home. But then, like, after, like, the first two years, I started to feel just, like, a lot of movement. Like, Molly. Just, it was constant movement. If you listen, I know. Molly. All right. We've never really spoken this directly about it. So, I look, I don't be weird. Don't be weird. Don't be, like, weird about it. Molly, come, why are you doing this to me? All right. I know this is hard to believe. I'm even pulling out a cigarette. I'm stressed. So, there is more. So they came here like two days before the episode and they filmed like the package. You know how they have like the the persons at home. No, you'll see. Like this is honestly, Christina, I'm dead ass serious. I'm dead ass serious. It's like I think it's like airing in like two weeks. Like it's not. I thought it would air like later this week, but they like schedule these things out here. Like here. This is the package. The producer sent. Okay. I've been pregnant approximately three years, seven months. At age 20, I had my tubes tied, so I would not have children anymore. I actually got pregnant at 40. I was extremely shocked. I'm still in shock. My belly has continued to grow for the three and a half years, but it does grow at super low rates. My breasts are tender. My mood swings are super bad. I could be crying one minute, happy the next. When I go to a doctor, they take a pregnancy test. Of course, it does not show up on either blood or urine. They have also given me ultrasounds. They tell me all of negative. The doctors are wrong. I don't care what medical degree they have. I am 1,000% certain that I am pregnant. The movement in my stomach is what I'm saying is real. I know 1,000% I am giving birth to multiples. I think I'm carrying six babies. I could not believe how many heartbeats I'm getting in my belly. That is the most overwhelming thing that anyone can go through, especially if their tubes are tied. My family does not believe I'm pregnant. Look, there's wags. No, that's apart. that's a boppet in a jar of Grey Poupon. It's for the babies. Ever and I love mustard. Experienced in my life. It's real and it's misery. I am sick and tired of being pregnant. I just want them out. I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with pregnancy. I don't want it anymore. I'm done. 
So that's not me. <laughs> Full confession. Yeah. I think I tricked you guys. That does sound a lot like me. And I did get my tubes tied when I was 20. Um, I did not. Um, bold decision, though. Um, bold decision that we really never got to. Um, I know. I mean, I know they don't give it all out in the preview. And you did ask me before before um, how these things typically resolve because you're not a daily watcher of Dr. Phil the way no. that I am. So I I love a good, you know, a good DP. Um, <laughs> Dr. Phil. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. But... That's like, you know, one of his common themes is exploiting mentally ill people. Right. And like that's Shelly. Uh, right. What was like name? most notably Shelly Duvall. Shelley like Duvall, I think yeah. that was like a big news item because there's this beloved star who's so clearly and much more so than than their average guest. Um, their average guest who who probably falls more under the mental illness category is like a woman like this that has some like an almost like impossibly like wild hook. But Shelly Duvall was just kind of like trotting out someone because they were famous and she was, she's quite ill. Um, but I do think, well, like episodes like this are, I mean, they're tear inducingly funny in these packages. Like this is very sad. It's so sad. And I know that a lot of the people, there is like a lot of staging that happens. There's casting. I have heard before that like they will tell people in advance, like we're probably going to fudge like aspects of your storyline. Like that's kind of like a known technique in this world. But like a lot of these shows, a lot of these Dr. Phil's, like the ones that I like really am like, wow, this is crazy TV. These people are very, it's very not okay. A lot of also like there can be attention seeking behavior that happens too. like a lot of people will go and ham something up. And like also I think the cash me outside girl sort of gave the show even more um, virality. Yeah. And also like it attracted an audience that's kind of going to say anything to have the platform. Yeah. And I mean, obviously that's very flawed logic because Dr. Phil's not going to birth to people with a burgeoning rap career. Like this is, that's it. Like she's, Dr. Phil's never going to have a breakout like that again. So it's kind of like a fool's errand to go airier shit or act, um, or act mentally ill or fabricate some sort of situation to be on Dr. Phil. Yeah. But I know a lot of people do it. I think there's also a small cash incentive. I think a lot of times, there can be situations similar to um, if you've ever seen like an intervention episode where the camera guys or the crew figure out that the person knows they're on intervention and they're doing it for um, the free rehab. Um, th- there can be situations like that um, where I think they just shut everything down. But I don't know why I got on that. Why did I say that? <clears throat> I'm not sure either. I was probably just freeballing, but listen, oh, I was going to say, cause people know, know that the, they might get free therapy oh, yeah. or they might get a free medical examination or, you know, they, they get it, you know, hair and makeup done. I mean, people will do some really weird shit to get something free or have any sort of vague notoriety. Um, mm-hmm. and I think probably because most people don't value that as their number one thing, it's like, well, who would ever, who would ever do that? But I think a lot of people would. 
So that was fun. Um, fun little, fun little diversion. Um, let's go back to our calls. Hey, Malls, Christina, and guest. I'm just calling in because I am feeling really bad about myself lately, and that is because I gained about 10 pounds since graduating school about a year ago. Um, I'm 23, so I feel like I shouldn't have these feelings of just feeling really bad about myself and like gaining weight because everybody gains weight at some point like you gain weight as you get older that's just a thing and everything and um to the rest of society I'm not considered fat or anything and like my friends tell me that I'm not fat but I just every time I look at myself I just like see all of that weight that I gained uh, and I just don't know how to feel better about myself, but I was hoping you could give some advice on that. Um, I hope this voice note is crispy enough for you guys. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Oh, yeah, this has been... This, this is, is very relatable. <laughs> Especially for me this year. Cause same. I, yeah. Exact same. Um, I will, like, for, you know, I don't know if you knew or whatever, um, but if people don't know, I've, like, definitely had... I was anorexic for, like, years and, like, probably could still be. I mean, it's, like, something that you're always working on. But um, I gained, like, 10 pounds last year or over the last, like, I guess, like, not that long. And... I did change medications and I thought maybe that was it. Um, but my doctor said it's not like a weight gain medication. And I'm also not someone who has ever really like strictly dieted. Um, I go through healthy phases where like maybe I'm like gearing myself towards a certain type of food more. Um, but for the most part, I'm not someone who really is ever like I've starved myself, but I don't diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll like give in to something. And sometimes when you go through a streak where you're giving in to like cravings, you just don't stop. Like it just like becomes like, like that, like some sort of like, it's not even a reward system. It just like, it loses value. And like, like you just eat like trash. Um, And I think that might be like a little bit of where I am. And I think that part, like I know part of that is, and I adore Logan and he's great here, but like having a, someone living in my house has been like, I don't really want to be in my kitchen as much. Like that's why I haven't made the pies yet from apple picking. Like I just kind of like don't really want to like, sometimes I just don't want to talk to anyone and like, I don't want to see anyone. Like I physically don't want to see anyone. So I've been down here less. And I feel like that means that I'm like doing Postmates more and like doing things that like, just like eating quick things. And, um, I feel terrible about it. Like, and so Like, first of all, I want to validate what you're saying because I think that, like, there's, like, a lot of self-love stuff that we'll get to in a minute. But, like, I, like, you know, I, like, judge my happiness by whether or not I fit in my clothes. Mm. And right now, I don't fit in any of my fucking clothes. Like, I feel like Regina George, like, sweatpants are all I can wear now. Like, I actually had to buy new jeans. And I've been the same size jeans for, like, the last seven years so that's like you know it's been a shock for me and I feel gross and I don't want to go out and I don't want to like see people as much because I it's even it's so it's so slight but it matters to me right um and I don't feel cute also considering your past you know it's like not a surprise that you're totally like I just don't want yeah I don't want I relate to the the thought that you had 
which is that like your friends don't, your friends are like, you're not fat. And like, of course you're not. But like, I hate that notion because like the core of what that is, is that there's like, that's like hatred towards an overweight person, which I don't have in my life. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, truthfully, like, like my, my favorite person in the world, my grandmother was like a quite overweight person. Right. And like, I, I like <laughs> when I was four, everyone, or no, I was probably like three or something. I like got in her bed and I like held her cheek and I like looked at her and I said, Nana, I love you so much, even though you're fat. Oh, (laughs) how old were you? She's probably three. Oh, and like my grandmother, like my grandmother thought it was so sweet. Like she just was like, "That's really like," but I mean, it's fucked up. Like that, I even had that concept in my mind at such a young age. But I think that like (laughs) it was kind of like like just a family joke a little bit that probably my grandmother was the ringleader of. But like. The um, summer after I graduated from college, I like got real serious about my fitness and my little cousins, they must have been like maybe six, yeah. like, six and five or six and four or something like that. Um, they saw me and the little six year old was trying to like pay me a compliment, but he was just like, you look less fat now. And I was like, I get what you're trying to say. It's just like something earnest and something honest that little kids are. I know? had a couple relatives who always felt more than welcome to comment on my body and that's like like on the other scale of that and that was really tough in my developing years for sure my I don't know if I told you this but my father when my father was in the hospital and when he was in the 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 room when I was in the hospital room a family member came to visit us yeah and he said to me I almost didn't recognize you because you gained so much weight that's so cruel and like my dad was in the room, like and like um, my aunt was in the room, like other people were in the. Nobody else said anything, and I'm just like the. My response was like, "There's a reason I haven't seen you in so long." Wow, <laughs> that is a very good response. Yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> that, that is you know, that is I have that to, is a family qu- member. That, that's you got in there quick. Yeah, because like well, that's I've been one sharpening those- that because like like that's something that like you know, I always have had family members in my life that have been like, oh, you've gained weight. Like, it's just a common. And so like, I now like steal myself to like having something in that arsenal. That's because smart. I know I'm like, it's smart, but it's also sad that I have to do that. Of course. Um, of course. No, it's really sad. It's really, really sad. And like, I'm proud of you for, for being able to sling it back in that moment. And like, I wonder with the people not standing up for you, because your family is so great. Um, afterward my dad was like don't pay attention to him you know he's an idiot like right he's really like he's really horrible like don't like but i wish he had said something in the moment but he was also in the hospital for like heart issues yeah i mean like (laughs) i think that it's one of those things that's just so objectively appalling that like no one knows how to interact with the information that was just said to them. Absolutely. Like it's one of those. So that that's why I'm especially so proud of you for like, no be, being there in the moment yeah. because I, I do that. I, I fuck up and like stay some guy like grabbed my shoulder the other day at the bar and he goes, is there a reason why you're not like, why you're ignoring me? Ugh. And so I took out my noise canceling headphones and I said, what? And he was like, I've been talking to you. Or he's like, you're ignoring me. I've been talking to you. Yeah. And he said it with like even 
like almost just as like not even not even like shame around the fact that like he just physically grabbed someone he doesn't know um and not realizing that they had on noise canceling headphones like it was like and so now i'm like and i was like oh i'm sorry and i apologize to him yeah and i was thinking today like you should like you knew that was fucked up like you should have been like hey like you know, am I not allowed to sit here? Like, do I not have a right to like be alone? And it just, um, and I, and I regretted it. So like, I really like respect that you had that, even though it's unfortunate, these incidents, incidents pop up in life where, um, you're called to say something like that. And most of us don't do it. So I'm proud of you for that. Um, but back to the caller, I want to say, like, I can relate to this call as well, just because sure. I, a, I am like someone who's considered plus size, but B, like, I've also gained weight this year just because of all the things that I've been dealing with with my dad's stuff and also just like not taking care of, my, not making my health a priority, which is something that I really need to do because I have obvious health issues in my family related to like diabetes and heart, heart, health, heart yeah. health and like a litany of other things. Uh, but it is like, you know, the ebb and flow of your body is like, yeah, you're going to gain weight some years. Uh, sometimes it happens really fast. Sometimes it happens because you have shit going on in your life. Um, and it's okay to feel shitty about it too, but just don't beat yourself up too hard about it. You know, acknowledge it. And then what are you going to do to change that? And maybe the big thing that I've been really big on this year um, has been just like accepting myself the way that I am and like letting mm-hmm. myself love my body, love all parts of myself and like that was something I really had to work hard at. And like I now I'm like, oh, yeah, like I can enjoy like, oh, I kind of do look good, even though I don't typically fit like the body type of like what people consider conventionally attractive. You know what I mean? Sure. And I don't trip on as much as like. But I mean, there's a large group of people that find your body type very attractive. Yeah. But then it's not. Con- but it's not. But it's not common. here. Neither of us have like model bodies. <laughs> Neither yeah. of us are like being asked to do the Victoria's Secret show this this you know yeah that passed us by this year but that said maybe next year because i do find that we'll be in the victoria's secret fashion show next year because i do find that this isn't like it i'm not looking at this personally and i don't know if our caller is and i don't think you are i think we all kind of have the same spirit which is it is what it is right now that's okay like i'm not i'm not like oh i i i have let myself go. Like it's over. Like, you know, I don't feel that the seal has been like broken on that giving up (laughs) sauce yet. I'm not ready to give up. Also like just show yourself some grace and like love yourself in, in who you are right now. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that like you have to be, you know, I don't know. It's just like, you can't be perfect and then like embrace those imperfections or like it just find a way to love yourself. Yeah. As you are. And, you know, if my friend Which said feels to so me, generic, but no, I mean, it's very true. Yeah. And like, maybe this is, I, I don't know if this is something, but like my friend, uh, Jenna last week, she came on the Lifetime podcast and I don't know if she said it on the podcast or at dinner, maybe at dinner, but she said, you know, when she sees her friends have like, you know, gained a little bit of weight, her instinct is to think like, oh my God, I'm so glad they're happy. And like, <laughs> maybe, you know, I don't know if that's the case. I definitely know that like. I probably have been like oddly this is a pattern break for me but I think maybe I've been like seeking food for comfort which has never been like my thing um and I don't know if that's the case that you if you're in that space but like you know if you're like 
let's say you're in a new relationship or let's say that you just like you got a raise and you're eating better or like whatever it is like you know maybe this weight that you put on is a sign of an overall sort of like good life thing and this is like a, a shitty thing that comes with it that's not really shitty but is okay like it's I think it's okay I'm not I'm not for myself I'll speak for myself and say that like at the end of the day this is what I look like right now. Yeah. I can feel this way. It's a, not a life sentence. And, you know, for right now, it's it's okay. Like, I don't, it's not, it's not my ideal thing, but like, no one's ever, you're never ideal because. That's the thing I was going to say is like, if you don't work through whatever issues you have. Right. As you are, they're still going to be there if you lose weight. Yeah. They're still going to be there if you get to your ideal size. Yeah. And there's still going to be something you're not going to like about yourself. You see that show up a lot in people that go um, are very black and white or all or nothing in their thinking where Mm -hmm. oftentimes there'll be the other extreme, which is once when someone switches to working out like that's their life. Like there's you know, they don't have a balance and life is about balance for sure. And I look back at the days where. I literally thought that like not eating was more important than having energy or, you know, look like literally you look like your life is out of control when you're that when you're as small as I was at certain times. And it was just take care of yourself and do and and try and practice moderation in every aspect, I guess, maybe. Yeah. You know, love yourself, love yourself. Don't beat yourself up for sure. I mean, and I say that like as someone who kind of has been doing that, but I've I did. I got some, like, I got some new jeans. Like, I feel like, I'm okay, I got new jeans. Like, I look cute. I have great shoes. Like, that doesn't change, you know? And I'm opening a store. So, hey, I have a lot of plus size options. So, I don't know how big you are, girl, but I've got clothes for everyone. So, come on <laughs> down, okay? Um, Molly's Warehouse. I understand doing it on a budget, too. Oh, shit. Does your store have a name, son? So... Someone tweeted at me Marshalls, which I thought was really fucking funny. <laughs> and I kind of want to get a, a thing that says Marshalls. It's hard to say, though. Marshalls. Someone wrote Slendermax, which I thought was really funny. Um, But I was just thinking about calling it like. I was trying to think of a Chico's pun, but I'm not fast enough. I kind of I mean, I, I don't want to call it a store. I know that. Malstrom Rack. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I have to figure it out. But come to my store if you live in L.A. Appointment only. So email. Set up an email, I guess. <laughs> Look at me. Um, well, yeah, girl. You're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Love yourself. Bye. Okay, so I know we're doing like a lot of bits today. I know. <laughs> but um, I like it. It's like we're on SNL. Um, I wouldn't go that far. Um, and even SNL's not too great. But uh, <laughs> oh, no, shades of SNL. I mean, I, I'm we're we're having some fun today. You know what? We're making the best of all things. We do have calls, but we would love more calls. Three two three four five zero seven four zero eight. So we're not doing this because we're out of calls. That's not why we're doing so many bits today. But we were we had like a half an hour. We were hanging out before um, the show, so. I told Christina I was going to finally tell her my brilliant idea to start a store um, that I wanted to play my appearance on Dr. Phil. 
Um, and that also I thought maybe we should read some of these tweets that I got yesterday. So I um, just decided to ask a question to Twitter, which was, please tell me the story of your first time eating marijuana. <laughs> and I did not tell my story, although I did later. Um, but I got some like I was crying this morning when I was like just reading these in bed. I woke up at 5 a.m. and I was reading all of these tweets and I was dying. <laughs> And I'm one of those people, I don't like a shitting your pants story. Never no. have. Not my, not my, not my jam. I really don't like. I, also, ad- I think it's rude that people laugh at those stories. I think it's like really rude and dark. And also additionally, like. <laughs> What's funny about that? I find it strange when adults think that that's like their funniest story. Yes. Like a lot of adults think that they're like peak material is like them shitting their pants on the ride home from a concert. And it's like, dude, like... That's why I didn't like that scene in Bridesmaids. Oh, I hated that. Yeah. I hate it. I hate scatological humor. It's just me like too. gross. Like yeah. occasionally, I, occasionally something will make me laugh. But like it has to be savvy. Um, but I got a lot of responses to this. Okay. And a lot of them, I'm telling you, I think I think this might be my wheelhouse of funny. Um. So did you pull some that you wanted to read? I'm going to find some that I want to read as I well. I my own story too, but I don't know if I want to share that. If I had ever done it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I loved this one. So this is from David Lee Goth, who has been following me for a long time. Um, and she writes, I was living in Canada going to school and it was the dead of winter. We decided to bake brownies. I ate one, but I'm a person who's a compulsive eater with no fucking sense. <laughs> no. And I ate four more immediately. (laughs) I spent the next two hours trying to tap what I thought was a maple tree. It was a light pole. Oh, man. And she writes, also, you're welcome in advance for what is obviously the most Canadian post ever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, I think a very, very common theme is people mistaking common objects for other things. Yes. And one of the most liked... uh, one of the most liked tweets was um, someone saying, it was Emily Howe said, in my head, I figured out string theory and world peace. In reality, I just kept repeating, guys, <laughs> everything is connected. Oh, my God. Um, that got 59 likes. And I, so I think that like that is the one that most people um, are relating to. Here's one. Uh, I shared a chocolate chip muffin with a Spanish friend in Amsterdam. Shortly oh. afterwards, she lost the ability to speak English. Despite me speaking no Spanish, we continued to happily chat for around an hour until she couldn't speak in English again. <laughs> I loved what that were they one. Chatting about so much. <laughs> I have no idea. This is one that this is one that I like responded to because it was killing me this morning. Um, this is from Powers Kim, I think. Um, she writes, I didn't know that it took a while to kick in, so I went to Walmart to get some things, kicked in while there, and I bought all the fish from the sick tank that had lost fins, eyeballs, etc. Oh, from the no. tank filters. Oh. They all died on the drive home. <laughs> Here's one. I, I, can you, did, I can't believe that they sell fish without eyeballs at Walmart. I mean, what are they going to do? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, they can't flush. Them? Yeah, that's not right. It's not. But that's also no way to live. No. Like, half no fin just floating around in a Walmart waiting for some stone chick to pick you up someday. <laughs> okay, here's one. 
used weed oil to cook stir fry in all caps. Do not do this. <laughs> and I proceeded to shave my legs in the shower for like an hour, pet my cat until I got weirded out that I was sexually arousing him, then experienced my own death. Be chilling evening. <laughs> from Rachel Yoder. Um, let me see. Um, the first one was from Pete. Oh, this is great. This is Alice Kelly is like my hero for this. So she writes, I ate a blondie in college because I was hungry. Didn't realize it had weed in it. Saw a lifeguard I had a crush on. Proceeded to say, hey, you're a lifeguard. And then when he said, yeah, I am. I responded, I swim. (laughs) (laughs) That is like, girl, you are in my wheelhouse. That is my that is the type of line that I would pull honestly sober so congratulations dude that fucking killed me (laughs) i'm like talking to these people like they listen to this podcast i know right like Um, live listening to the podcast oh this is great i thought i knew this is from uh abraham linkedin um (laughs) (laughs) it says i thought i knew every person in the background of an episode of diners drive-ins and dives I tried to call the cops on myself. I couldn't calm down until I held my friend's wallet. It took two full days to go back to normal. Oh, my gosh. This is from Santa Shan. In college, Rice Krispie Treats with my lab partner. It was my first time, and I kept asking why my eyes were so (laughs) tiny and why I could feel my hair growing. I also asked if her guinea pigs were big enough to ride. (laughs) So there's that. That was one of many times. This is from Morgan Baker. Ate a brownie, and I was so high, I sat in front of the TV snacking on raw broccoli for hours. We were watching two weeks' notice, and everyone <laughs> thought I was zoned out or asleep with my eyes open. <laughs> they tried to change the channel, and I pretty much screamed. And then I slept for maybe three hours and had to go to work at Kmart at 6 a.m. to do the floor set. I could not stand up, and I was too tired and maybe still high, so I sat on the floor until I had to run to the bathroom to vomit. It was a very weird time. There's a lot of vomiting in these. I stories wonder. Too. Yeah, there is that. I was I was uh, avoiding the vomit <laughs> ones for you. This one fucking kills Thank me. You. Okay, it's from uh, just Sam. She writes, um, "Far from my first time, but I'm going to keep going." I ate a bunch of gummies and went to the Reagan Library. <laughs> yelled, "Oh, that asshole!" When the guard very passionately, <laughs> when the guy, sorry, he is an asshole. He never mentioned AIDS during sorry. his entire presidency. Um, no, 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 no. Yelled, oh, that asshole, when the very passionate tour guide pointed out the Andrew Jackson portrait in the replica Oval Office. <laughs> he had a laughing fit. In, oh, um, had a laughing fit in the um, communism room. <laughs> no. I love this person. Okay, so this is the worst one, and it's the last one I'm going to read. Okay. It's from Carrie Ann. She writes, I ate a gummy at Pitchfork Festival and fell asleep inside of a porta potty and saw no bands. No. <laughs> I and literally wrote to her. I was like, that's the worst. But she's like, I know. <laughs> and like, you know, I think this girl can, I think she can hang. Like, I think she can party. <laughs> but um, like, even a party girl, even like the most turnt bitches I know, passing out in a porta potty. Not a good look. Ooh, that is rough. Ooh. I can't think of anything worse than waking up. There are not enough showers. Hours later in a porta potty. Like, at least there was an additional shit being added over the course of time. <laughs> but unless she went in that thing at eight o'clock in the morning, which I'm positive she didn't, that thing was gross. 
That's some gross shit. That's some gross, gross shit. I can't think about it for too long. I have to say, honestly, though, my if you ever do edibles or if you, you know, whatever, um, I don't advocate drug use, but it is legal in a lot of this country. And a lot of people also travel here. They go to Colorado and they try to fuck. They try to get in some shit. A lot of these were from people traveling to Amsterdam and Colorado and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Just a just a a big fat heads up to you. You got to have one friend with you who is with it enough to let you know at every twist and turn that you are not to call the police. Yeah. Under no circum... You are... I will... I promise you, you are not going to die from a marijuana edible. Save your time. Save your money. Save the red tape and paperwork that will likely come because they'll probably just put you in the hospital and hydrate you or something. And that can cost a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Like, if you're really out of it, like and some and you call for police help they have to help you to an extent they're not just gonna leave you there so um make unless sure you're you- like you know getting sick a lot then you should go to the hospital yeah right if it's if it's um if it's the tip but if it's if you're, if you're not- just really fucking stoned don't i don't know <laughs> i mean a lot of times the problem is people don't know the difference people right, literally right, right, right. think they're having cardiac arrest and it's like no dude you're just you ate too much pot yeah and so I would say, if you're a person who has bad health, I probably wouldn't eat a fuck ton of edibles without knowing the result <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But I do think it's good to keep a friend. Like, I-, I went to a movie once with a friend who I will not out as they have a serious job. But the last thing I did before they got in their lift, I was like, look at me. Look at me. Do not call the police when you get home. <laughs> Under no circumstances are you to call the police, Okay. And they were like, okay, fine. And I like texted them. I was like, no police. And like every like hour, I was just like, how you doing? No police. Because this person, <laughs> this I, this person is the exact person I know that would call the fucking police over an edible. Um, and the other thing to remember too is to um like start small and wait an hour. Yeah. And um regardless if you're like a seasoned expert or a newbie, just start small, wait an hour, hour and a half, see what happens. Yeah, especially if you're a newbie dude, you might want to stay home the first time. Yep. Some of these that was always like my like something like um I'll I'll say I've done shrooms, sure. Um something like shrooms is is like um it's it's actually really fucking fun out of the house and feels like less of a big deal. Oh. But I would rec- – no, yeah, once you're out of the house, it's like, oh, I'm living life. Like, fucking, you know, that's you're cool. Not, there's no, like, paranoia or anything? I don't know. I've not never really, no. It's like – it's But um, it, it depends – but I recommend that you try it so that you're not so paranoid, so that you see that you actually, like, can have a normal experience. But try it at home first so you kind of see how you react to it. Yeah. And, of course, every time is different or whatever. But, like, same thing with edibles. It's like – because it's – I mean – I was surprised at how much hallucination and vomit was involved in these yeah. these. Yeah. Tweet. I've never like fully hallucinated. Maybe I've hallucinated on weed, but highly. Yeah, I think the first time that I had an edible for sure that I, I that I had a legal California edible chocolate, I was stoned for three days. Like that <laughs> yeah, thing I took that. it took my ass down. How old were you? It wasn't that long ago, okay. or it was like it was. Um, I was probably like twenty six. 27 like I lived in LA for a long time before I like I would always buy weed illegally I don't know why but I would just like I don't care (laughs) oh what like oh I'm gonna go to jail because I bought an eighth of weed 10 years ago yeah Yeah, like 
oh Molly, you met a guy to buy a, a good like a lot of times I was broke, so I was buying in like ten dollar quantities. I was just buying like G's. I wasn't buying like a fucking eighth of weed. I wasn't yeah. like balling out. Um I remembered I felt rich when um I found out someone had been like habitually smoking my weed for quite a long period of time. And I didn't even notice. I was like, wow, that would have crippled me a few years back. <laughs> like that was like, that was my, that was my supply, man. But I don't really smoke as much anymore. So. No. Anyway, YOLO. Um, okay. Molly, you we have a read it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, y'all. Long time listener here. I have a question about something Mal said in an earlier podcast about a friend treating you like they're, I'm sorry. About a friend treating you like you're their stand-in partner. Can you speak a little more about that point? A longtime friend and I recently ended our friendship. She has some pretty big mental health issues that make it difficult for her to keep her friends and is obsessed with men. Like, won't stop talking about dudes she saw like a year later. A lot of the time, I felt that she treated me as her partner. And when I put boundaries up around that, she made it clear that it was unacceptable. She hasn't had a boyfriend in over a decade. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And tries to shirk some of the relationship. Are you fucking kidding? Oh my God, sorry. She hasn't had a boyfriend in over a decade and tries to shirk some of those relationship duties on her female friends, which always ends poorly. So I'm curious to hear your perspective on toxic partner-like friendships. Please advise. I mean... You kind of just know when you're in one. You kind of get to a place in your life with certain people where they pick fights with you that normally would be in a romantic relationship um, or they expect a loyalty that one typically shows to a romantic partner or they they have needs that are typically fulfilled by a romantic partner. Mm -hmm. And... That is very emotionally draining because they aren't like if you're like if you get to a point with a friend like that, it's like, dude, we're not fucking like I'm not like there's no like exchange of fluids like we're not, you know, spending Christmas together. This is this is not a friendship. This is like I'm I'm a boyfriend to you or something. Yeah, I think especially if someone has gone without having a romantic relationship for that long. Right. I think there's something also very – I think you might already be there and, like, this isn't the ultimate goal. I think the ultimate goal would be having as much compassion as possible, which yeah. it might even sound like you do. Mm-hmm. But there is – after anger wears off, there can be a stage of, like, pity where you're like, I feel so bad for that person. For not being there for them. Like, yeah. No. Like, oh, 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 yeah. I feel so bad for that person that, like, they desperately need that level of coddling. Yeah. Um, because that's not a life to live. It sounds like she really gets off on male attention. And unfortunately, it's also combined with her sort of, like, you know, inability to land a relationship. Because... That's what it sounds like her goal is. It's like she, you know, and it sounds like she's also a person that is sounds clingy probably Mm -hmm. and is a little bit like, you know, she sounds like she brings chaos into people's lives. And that gets sniffed out pretty quickly when you start dating someone. Like that's Mm -hmm. the difference between going on a third date or not is like, 
did you act? Did they, you know, I'll give someone a second date. I'll give someone a second chance, a second date. If like, I think that that might've been an off thing, or I think that they worded something wrong or like they were said something dumb, but they apologize. Like I'll give someone a second chance because everyone fucks up. But like when you are like, I'm not a dog, like, yeah. You know, and it sounds like that's probably what she's been getting because it's because pretty much anyone can get a boyfriend like someone will be your boyfriend. I think there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, that there's a there's a way that we see social awkwardness, awkwardness in men who don't date versus like women who don't date. Um, And her friend seems inappropriate. I, I just don't think it's as easy to get a boyfriend for some people that. No, I don't mean that. I don't I don't mean like like someone's a loser if they can't get a boyfriend. But like, let's face it, like 99 percent of people, if they're really like if all they want is a relationship, they will probably find someone, maybe not their ideal mate, maybe not the most best looking person or the most desirable candidate. And, like, yeah, like, some fucking stoner, like, some stoner, like, some alcoholic weirdo that was a bunch of... They'll date you. Like, they absolutely will. Yeah, like, you can be both desperate for a partner and have, you know... Impossible standards. Impossible standards. But also, um, you can't be desperate for a partner and also not be dateable. Mm -hmm. Because it sounds like in this woman's life relationships, she has unrealistic expectations and is a draining force. Mm -hmm. Like she seems, that's why I think, you know, unfortunately, like so many people have like moved away from her, like her friend, you know, her friend really seems to be like searching here because it sounds like that they were good friends. Yeah. And she like, unfortunately had to move on and maybe it, maybe it was, or maybe wasn't a clean break, but her friends like genuinely inquisitive here, um, which I think is really nice that she is, it's clear that she's this person, this friend of hers is using her friendships in a way that's like because be, to fill the void of not having a romantic relationship. Um, I mean, you, you would you, which you can get into if you've been single for long enough, I think. Um, it feels like some people like weaponize their friendship in yeah. a way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and that. I've definitely had that role a little bit sometimes in other friendships where it felt like I was like, uh, am I? especially being queer too it's just like oh what is this oh yeah yeah, yeah, you know what i mean it's like you want like i care about you in this way right and you like that but you actually do not want to have a relationship with me or sleep with me you just like that i like and i'll just say i mean your chances are probably doubled because you're queer but i will say that every like male friend i have like i do wonder for a period of time like maybe not initially but like I really like really really thinking about it, I think I maybe know two guys that aren't really like I don't question if they're skeevy a little bit, and that is and that's not even like the quality of the people. I think I have good quality people around me. I don't really keep people around if they're not like. I will cal- clarify that like I didn't I I in that particular situation that I talked about I didn't go into the friendship being attracted to the person 
it was like it grew. the nature of our relationship grew to a point where it's like you know right and i'm saying, and i've said yeah. about this the emotional intimacy that women have is very happens very quickly and sure. and and when you are attracted to women that emotional intimacy can also like take a turn and like make you feel romantic really feelings i don't know this is that that that's what happened in that instance for me yeah um but it's like that person liked the way that i was with them the attention that the you attention were that them. i was giving them they're being selfish yeah yeah <laughs> because it was well, like you what... knew how i felt about you but you didn't want to do that because that's not your jam which i totally understand but you also have to respect that i have to operate in this friendship it's totally different way. That's fuckboy behavior. That's like wanting to keep around all the good things about someone and leave them hanging on the one kind of thing that like you want clarity on. You know, you don't like necessarily have to have this romantic relationship with them. Yeah. But if a person is like classy and upfront and handles it well, then a lot of feelings can be spared. And like yeah. sometimes it's really difficult. I've to- had those experiences as well where someone was really class- classy and handled it up front. Yeah. And, you know, like we're still friends and it's great. Yeah. But. And I've had it go sour too. It, it Yeah. It can be like, you know, sometimes you need like six months apart because that can be, it's not like that person's feelings can't just switch off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can't like, in a way, it's I've learned the hard way. Like it's kind of like dragging someone through hell, being like, "No, no, no, we're just friends." Like this is off topic from our original thing, but like I will say, like it's you have to if someone if someone confesses a crush to you, um, or like God, you know, sometimes the probably the scariest is if they're like, "I'm in love with you," because that's a lot of responsibility yeah. to take on. Mm-hmm. Um. And it sounds like your friend would be someone who would do that. But um, it's uh, you have to stop. You have to take a long term break from that yeah. person as friends because. Um, and we're not saying that's what's happening here. But yeah, no, it's, a, well, it's just while we're on this, like while we're kind of on this ramble. Um, yeah, I think that that's like just that's my tip for that. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess ultimately I don't know how else to better explain it than like. It appears as a gut feeling. It's a dynamic that happens with a lot of people. Like you kind of, you know it when you see it and yeah. you feel it. Um, and like, you know, just the way that you were aware of it. I mean, I don't really know. I'm you know that your friend deals with mental illness. Like yeah. you know that about that situation. And I think other than that, like, you know, and and that might not even be related. Your friend just might be susceptible to these patterns because of anything from like, you know, how she was raised, what her childhood was like to, you know, maybe certain experiences she had in dating earlier on in life that kind of set her on a pattern of, um, neediness. Um, but I would guess that this is probably something that is, is a very well established, super enmeshed part of her life yeah and that fucking sucks yeah. for her really does like i wouldn't wish that on anyone because it's really hard to get out of something like that especially you didn't say how old you are but like no you know if it's been a decade since she's had a boyfriend i assume you're probably close to 30 yeah and you know that's not a great place in her life to have to wake up with no friends and 
realizing that you have a lot of self-work to do yeah. because you're destructive to other people. And like that sucks. And like, yeah, you know, we all, I think we all can be, I think every single person on this planet, whether they like to admit it or not, has been toxic to a person or has dealt with toxicity firsthand. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but most importantly, I think everyone has the opportunity to be toxic and mm-hmm. that's just the truth. And it's like, Sometimes it's literally just like the way a perfume on a certain person like just smells like terrible. It's like, like it's like almost like body chemistry. Like sometimes you just by nature somehow are toxic with another person. Yeah. Um. And for me, that's Leo's. And um, <laughs> it's like the whole fucking ass sign. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to. I just yeah. I just I I uh, I feel for you, girl. Like it sucks. You lost a friend. And maybe it's for the the best, but like you seem like a really compassionate, caring person. And um, I think it's great that you want to know more. I would definitely, you know, I, if you go to therapy, like I've had, it's not a therapist's job to diagnose someone else in your life, but like I've gained a lot of insight by describing behaviors that I'm dealing with that are very difficult for me and another person. Yeah. And well, it's about like controlling how you respond to it. Right. Right. That's so like a lot of times control. you have to pinpoint what it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had therapists say some really surprising stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really surprising stuff. Like there was a guy in my old building. I wrote about this who was very, very abusive to his girlfriend. And they would fight like cats and dogs till five in the morning And then they would hook up and they would pass out. And it was violent and it was a domestic abuse situation. And I asked my landlord to please call the police. Um, But I was a single woman who lived alone. And I was afraid that I like like living downstairs from this very volatile person – I was worried that like it would get turned on me if I made the phone call and my landlord pretended he had no idea what I was talking about. Of course, that story changed when he chose like to evict this guy later. But at the time, he said he had no idea what I was talking about. And I described all of this to my therapist and I said like, you know, I just don't know. I don't know if he's a drug addict. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. Like, it like what's off there I said there's just something off and she said Molly it sounds like he has PTSD Mm. and I was shocked and I was like you're so right because there was some there was some things that he had mentioned that didn't add up and looking back like if one can assume what all of those things were the base of it was, you know, a very traumatic, like, situation I'm not going to, like, really get into, but it's, like, definitely, like, some Hollywood shit. And, um, yeah, I think it fucked him up. I think it really fucked him up. And I think that, you know, he – and PTSD manifests in a lot of different ways. And that was such an insight. So, I mean, <clears throat> there's something very valuable, especially because, you know – a lot of times in toxic friendships, you you're you're just left wondering. Like a lot of times, like a like a yeah. relationship, yeah. Like it can take years sometimes to get over how much that hurt. Yeah, it can be a heartbreak. Yeah. Um. So, if if you have a therapist, I mean, I would go in there and ask her. She's <clears throat> far more educated than me. I'm just someone who kind of has sniffed that out in certain yeah. certain relationships I've had. 
Yeah. And like your therapist is there to give you coping tools to help you deal with that. And I also think it's important that you did you did set boundaries. And, you know, the moment that someone doesn't respect them is a red flag. Any that and that goes for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're allowed to establish boundaries. Yeah. It's hard, though. Like, I'm not going to like lie. Like, I have a very hard time. I for some reason, when someone is using me. Even if I know it. You have a hard time establishing I have a very hard time cutting it off. Yes, I know you do. And like, I don't think that, I don't think a lot of people know, like I think a lot of people would be surprised that I like lack, like I get taken advantage of a lot. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like I'm not, if anything, it probably seems like I'm a very selfish person. But like, in Or like a real ball buster. I get railroaded all the time. And like, and it's, it's it's something that I work on. It's like extreme people pleasing. And it's been a very dangerous trap for attracting people into my life that use me. And then also like allowing them to stay. Like yeah. I give them – if anything, I make it more comfortable for them. And it's just stupid. It's like it's something I hated about myself. So um, I'm proud of you for being able to cut this friendship off because that's not always easy, especially, you know, I don't know how it ended. I'd be interested to know, but I don't think it did end. She says her other female friendships have ended poorly. Oh, I thought she said that she just had to stop being friends with her because she noticed this. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's something there too, you know, female friendships, uh, you know, very rarely end oh, without yeah, yeah. a bang. Recently ended our friendship. Yeah. Sorry. But like, you know, they rarely end without a bang. Like, it's really, <laughs> women do have like, we're, you know, we are, we, you know, when we love each other and support each other, we do that. And unfortunately, women are also pitted against each other fucking constantly. Yeah, I mean, we'll go I mean, for the, the juggler whole, and destroy you. Yeah, the whole world is doggy because dog. Because we intimate, we know each other so intimately. Yes. Yes, exactly. And we know exactly what insecurity to go for. Yeah. What like file in the archive to pull out. Yeah. If they're sociopaths and they have files like that. That's why I think I like to keep tra- – that's why it's like I do the read receipt thing, for example, because mm-hmm. it's like – Those, you those have, are receipts. Bitch, you have nothing on – like you, <laughs> Those you, are like, the receipts. Yeah. Like that's why like when I find out someone's like shit-talking me, I'm like – Bitch, no, because if I did that, I would probably tell everyone I did. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, like there's been at least two, two girlfriends of mine that I have found out have said the most wild shit about me. And like, it's almost the one of them. I allowed myself to get a little bit more hurt by because it was just such a, a random attack. Right. But the other one, you, you know about this one, like it was, uh, it was so absurd <laughs> that it was impossible for me to be mad. But I also was like, why is she, why would she ever, like, yeah. what's the deal? And, like, so it is It is difficult. And, like, I would say years ago, if I found out that someone was, like, talking shit, <laughs> shit about me, like, on the level that this, this woman has been, I would be... Um, I would be really upset and I would like write a fucking strongly worded email mm-hmm. and I would have been like, fuck this bitch. And Your I emails t- are strongly worded. I know. I would have told everyone like, but I don't do that anymore. Yeah. And also like, because it, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't. Okay. Like, well then, then I just won't hang out with you because like, I haven't, I haven't fucking, no way is this person ever going to get a rude ass text from me. No way. Because <laughs> 
Nope. No, because they actually don't like I'm trans any ammo they have, I'm 100% transparent about. So like, like I would never give them, I would never give this person one thing to have on me. Yeah. But, um, and that, you know, but, um, true life, man, like, you know, just like, I think the episode of this friend is, or the episode of this friend, the, the kind of like theme of this episode is, um, you know, be realistic <laughs> with your expectations and, uh, love yourself, man. Okay, y'all, that was episode 173 of Please Advise. Christina, thank you for being my guest today. Oh, thank you for having me, Molly. And thank you for, um, you know, you guys, Christina's not just like effortlessly speaking this mic over here. She's like working the boards. So um, <laughs> I appreciate that about you today. And I appreciate you guys and your phone calls. Even though I don't like it when you say that to me, I feel like I've had, you know, I've seen some examples of, of people saying I appreciate you lately in pop culture that have given me some sort of hope. So maybe it wasn't a fuck you to me, you know? <laughs> maybe that girl didn't mean to just fucking cause a permanent stain on my heart. Um, no, I'm kidding, you guys. Um, that would basically be um, hypocritical uh, in terms of our entire episode today. <laughs> Christina, is there anything else that we need to say to these people before we sign off this week? No, just want to let you know, like, call us, leave us a voicemail. It could be about anything, you know. We've got a call in the future about, you know, bread recipes. Shout out to that girl who uh, who did the crispy voice note. Yes. Yes, please email us a voice note at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. Christina, what should I order for dinner tonight? I don't know. I have to do a Lifetime movie. Like, I have to do the whole thing. Happy Face Killer. How much money can you drop on it? Like, are you in for a Din Tai Fung? Oh, you know what? I do kind of want, like, Asian. Yeah, I felt that. You felt that? Yeah. I think on Please Advise Saturdays, I always want some sort of, like, Asian treat. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about podcasting just brings out my inner. <laughs> but I just bought fucking groceries from Whole Foods. I should eat those. Yeah, you should eat those. You know, got a got a fucking pinch penny somewhere. I've got a store to open up. <laughs> I have to buy racks and racks of coat hangers. Thanks, you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>